My guest today is a senior sales manager with DocuSign. Here's what some of his colleagues say about him. Mark is one of the best managers I've worked with. He is amazing at his job. Mark is a unique individual. In business, it's rare to come across someone as open, honest, transparent, driven, and ultimately, and as a result, as successful as Mark. He has the ability to build trust with little effort, largely down to the fact he has a genuine, sincere, and affable nature which individuals respond well to. Here's another one. Mark moves through challenges with ease. He has an incredible ability to refocus his attention to the controllable and will always manage to bring levity and humor to any given situation. And one final one. Mark is an incredibly caring manager who always has the best interest of his team in mind. Mark is also an excellent sales coach. Mark Stewart, you're very welcome to the podcast. She's nearly making me emotional there. Um, <laughs> right, you're LinkedIn. I didn't, I didn't make them up. <laughs> I yeah. just cut and paste a couple of them. No, it's so uh, kudos to you. Thanks, thanks for having me. And uh, look, uh, great, great to hear. And, and I think you know, um, it, it's always nice to to get feedback. I think um, feedback is a gift uh, when it's when it's given the right way. Um, and, and I'm always very conscious of that fact that you know. Some, sometimes the words you say can uh, can carry inside somebody a, a, a very long way. Yeah, and there's a few things that get there's a few threads that go through some of those comments around sincerity, transparency, caring, and and coaching, which I guess wraps that up. Uh, which I'd like to come back to in a moment. But before we do that, maybe you could take us back further. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, what that was like. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I was born um, in Limerick City. Uh, I probably don't sound like it now because I've been. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been gone out of it since uh, since May of '99. Um, uh, but yeah, born in, in in Limerick City, 1974. So you know you know my age now. You can you can work it out. Um, two uh, fantastic parents, Helen and Jimmy, and um, two sisters, uh, Nicola and Sarah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I could give you a laugh now, but I was a, I was a very, um, a very big child at six months. I think they said uh, you, he looks like a one-year-old, uh, Mrs. Stewart. M- maybe, yeah, uh, maybe it's time to stop giving him an extra bottle. Um, but I suppose fast forward through my my younger years. I mean, I, I had, I, I, I had a perfect childhood, to be quite honest with you, um, and and that was down to to mom and dad just basically being amazing and um you know if if i if i kind of look at two heroes in my life they're absolutely two heroes in my life and it i think it's can, there. Can I ask you about that mark because yeah. um, you know everybody will say i have the best you know you'll see those cards to the best mom in the world to the best dad in the world what do you think that made them live up to the the uh the affable or the accolades you've just laid out for them um, it's, it's there's lots, right? But I guess you know I watched Dad get up at six a.m. every morning um, and go out to work, <clears throat> and then you know Mam get myself, my sisters Nicola and Sarah ready for school, um, and then she would 
go to work at half four um, until 12. And dad would get home at around kind of maybe half four or five. So they wouldn't actually see each other during the day. Um, and then as I got a bit older, uh, I'd, I'd walk up and um, I'd meet mom at the, the Janesboro Church. And, and um, when she got off the bus at half 11, quarter 12 and, and walk her back down. Um, and I think, you know, I saw them do that for, I, I mean, 10 years, 11 years, where literally they, they, they crossed, they crossed paths, you know, and, and, um, and they worked really, really hard so that we could have basically everything that we needed. Um, and, and like, you know, we didn't need a lot, right. But it, it wasn't, it was more that we didn't have to ask for it. It was, uh, you know, it, it was there for us when, when we needed it. So that, that, that's how I, that's how I look at for me, heroes is is they they made everything possible for us, but they went out and they worked bloody hard to to make that possible for us. I mean, you know, we we used to go to Ballyhoig down in uh, County Kerry, and um, I mean, you know, Dad would have the Vauxhall Viva in. We'd go in the back seat. I mean, there was no child seats back then, and uh, then we'd go to a caravan or a mobile home for two weeks, and basically, you know rain every day as as a lot of the summers went as i'm sure you remember um yeah. and then they kind of got sick of it and they were like okay enough now we're, we're 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 going to spain for our holidays and so again i was very lucky that we got to go to spain from when i was probably 11 or, or 12 um and and you know we we, mm. we got to we got to travel so I, I was like the whole traveling thing was opened up to me at a at a young enough age when i mean you know, they, they 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 wouldn't have been earning a lot of money back then. Um, Dad worked in a company called Hamedica, um, and Mom worked in Wallow Pumps. Um, and I suppose that Dad's claim to fame he uh, he made uh, Pope John Paul's the second um, hip. There you go. So there's there's one for you. Yeah, that's that's I've never had that, and that's still with the Pope, I presume. Well, I mean, I. I think I, I mean it's with him for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's titanium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what age were you when you left Limerick? Uh, when I left Limerick, I was oh god, twenty three, twenty three ish. I think twenty four. Okay. I was wondering. Yeah, because when you said there was a there was a phrase you used there. There was just a word or two, and I got oh that's in there, and I thought. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't leave as a baby. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. No, and, and it's yeah. funny, like, when I, if I go back down home or when I go back down home, uh, I mean, if I'm there for any longer than three days, like, anybody yeah. who speaks to me from, from up in, in Dublin, there's like, sorry, is that you, Mark? Yeah, yeah. I heard Bri a blind boy boat club there for just ah, a nanosecond. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. What are my faves? Very good. So was there anything then in your growing up that would have pointed to or given clues as to where you are now in terms of career? Um, I mean, like, honestly, I, I probably not, right? Um, like, from a sales perspective, I mean, like, I, f I fell into sales. And, and if you ask most people, the honest people will tell you they fell into sales. Nobody grows up thinking, I'm going to be a salesman. Um, but I think if I look at like the traits that I've kind of brought into my sales career as an IC and as a leader, like um, I at about I think I was about fifteen 
when I, I ran uh, a school race and um, 14 or 15 and, and I, I ended up winning the school race um, at the entire school basically so that was where a couple of people say saw me and went who's your man there because I played soccer Gaelic basketball every sport you could play tennis on the road um, but the God given gift was uh, was was my legs and and my lungs in in running. So um, I I went on then. My coach called to my door. I think for six months, um, Willie Logan uh, to try and get me to come out training, of which I'd no interest. But my parents never pushed me. Um, they you know that was one thing is like they backed me, but they they there was no like you have to do this. And I think that's again that's where that's a big part of my personality is like, I will never push anybody, but I mm. will back them if I see their mm. potential. And I think that's, that's what they saw in me. And, and, um, mm. that, that's what I see in people. Do you think sometimes people need a push? And if so, where, where can it be counterproductive? Uh, yeah, we all need a push. Um, that's, that's life, right? Um, and it, uh, it can be counterproductive if it's the push, at the wrong time. Um, timing is everything. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, especially over the last two years, personal and professional are now very much intertwined. And, you know, you never know what's going on in somebody's life personally, which is actually having an effect on their professional life unless, unless you ask. So if you don't ask or you haven't built up that trust to ask and you push somebody, you can push them down the wrong way when, when, you know, when they don't need it. Um, so that's when it can be counterproductive is if you don't ask the person, okay, let's take a step back. What, what's going on here? You know, I've gone into one-to-ones and straight away I can tell there's something, there's something up by the demeanor and I'll go, okay. Let's forget about our one-to-one -one today and let's uh, let's have a chat about you. What's going on? And straight away, like, the conversation, like, goes down the path where you wanted to go without even having to ask, like, you know, or, or push, because they, they'll tell you but very openly. Because you care. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask then, do you think that's why people have talked about you as a great coach is that you're actually noticing the individual rather than the pipeline review or the sales performance conversation yeah it again that's it's a mixture of both right um like it's funny i, I had a team meeting this morning and, and you know like if the pipeline isn't there um and the kpis aren't there and the revenue isn't there like that conversation has to happen anyway. Um, it's just how you have that conversation. And, Ooh. you know, and, and it, it kind of brings me back to my point a minute ago. It's, it's just, it's caring about that person as a person and saying like, okay, what, what's going on here? And, you know, if there isn't something going on, then, then we need to start digging deep to see like what's missing. Because if there's something mm. missing, like, you know, I, I, we, we can fix it, right? And, and like, you know, everything is, well, most things are fixable, right? Um, mm. and, and like, even if I look at when, at that person and I say, right, well, you know, 
why did I hire that person? Well, I hired that person because of X, Y, and Z. And again, you know, people can have all these abilities and they've got like, you know, I'm qualified in this, that, and the other. Well, that's great. You're qualified in that. But, you know, it doesn't mean that you can do this part of the job. So let's focus on this part. And, 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 and yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Mm. And where where's the line between the, the empathy, the caring, the trying to fix something, and there's a line then at which point you have to say, okay, this is not working? Yeah. How do you sense that? Um, you, like, you, you, there, there's a number of ways, right? Um, you, you sense it from the person um, through them not being present. Um, in one-to-ones or in team, meet, team meetings or maybe biting more than usual um, at certain things or being negative. And uh, mm. so that's th th that's a couple of things. I mean, the, mm. again, the KPIs side of it, the revenue, the pipeline, all that, mm. that's, that's in black and white, right? So mm. um, in, in that sense, you just have to have that conversation and kind of, you know, take that person aside and go, okay, so here's where we're at. This is what I see going on. Um, and I'll go through the, the what I see. Um, and actually, let me take a step back from that because I think this is a piece that I've missed out on. I will never blindside that person. If I'm gonna have that conversation with let's say Paul, I'm having a conversation with you as one of my AEs. I will let you know in advance that I'm putting some time in your calendar and we're gonna have a chat about X, Y, and Z. Because if somebody is blindsided, you've you've mm. you've 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 kind of you've blocked them, you haven't given them a chance to to prepare. Uh, and come mm. prepared to that meeting. So I will always say to somebody, okay, listen, we're going to have a tough conversation next week. Um, it's going to be on pipeline generation, discos and demos. And look, you, your, your closed revenue hasn't been there and it hasn't been there for mm. a couple of quarters. We need to address this. So mm. just so you know, this is the conversation that we're going to be having. And yeah. I, 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 it, it, it takes away, like the empathy is always there. It never goes away. But then there's the reality, right? And the reality is we can't, I can't carry, carry somebody on the team if they're not performing. The business mm. can't carry that person. So they're not going to carry me, right? And, and yeah. then I have to think of the team as well. So mm. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it's actually what was interesting was there's this, it's like this triangle in terms of considerations. There's the empathy for the individual. You want to do right by them. You want to see them succeed. You have no control over that. You can influence mm. it, but you have no control. You also have to protect your own backside. That, yeah. That's frankly, right? You're carrying, and then there's the, the team as well, the impact that has on the team. Yeah. And uh, I hadn't looked at it that way. Uh, that, that's quite interesting. And it's interesting as well, what struck me was when you said you calendar that with them, they know in advance. In some respects, if, if I were on the receiving end of that, I would perceive that as a good thing because it's not the end of the road. Yeah. We're putting, you know, we, we, have to, we have work to do, but it's not the end of the road because 
I do know another individual, um, haven't had on the podcast yet, but I might be interested in getting their take on this because I, I heard them talk about it, that if they're having a conversation where they've decided this individual needs to leave, they do blindside them with that because they're afraid of being recorded. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so they'll take them into a room, just have a word with you for a second, and then they'll basically say to them, look, they won't fire them. They, you know, they're in a geography where that's not easy, mm. but they'll just say, kind of, you're going to be stuck here for a while and it's not going anywhere type of conversation. But it's, he's already decided at that stage they're going. And I just thought those two different approaches were quite interesting. Um, your approach is quite encouraging. Uh, I, I don't know, and it's not my business, like when, when, when you have to have that, that, that final conversation. Um, I, guess, I guess maybe it's testament to you that you don't need to do that. I've been very lucky in that respect um, mm. with, with the people that I've, I've had on my teams. Um, and, and, and yeah, look, I, I've, I've, I've had to do it. But, you know, I think it, 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 when, when it comes to that point, like 99 times out of 100, that person knows already they're they're at that point and they're nearly waiting for that conversation to happen and yeah. in fact it's nearly it's nearly a relief for that person that you know you're having the conversation because at least now you can you can make a plan which will help you to stay in the business or you can make a plan to yeah. exit the business and yeah. like you know in, in having that conversation I, I've, I've said you know I want you to be successful here in this business yeah. but you know what let's look at it from a realistic lens in four weeks yeah. and you know if if we don't see a path to success then like let's look at where you can be successful and yeah. Dublin as you know is incestuous um, from a tech perspective and everybody knows everybody and, and you know again I'm a firm believer in make sure that door is revolving because if it's not revolving in the right way it'll turn and smack you in the face Tell me Mark in life in general where are you at your happiest? Um, I'm <laughs> I'm at my happiest uh, when I'm when I'm surrounded by my family. That's that's where I'm at my happiest. Um, I've got a as I said to you, oh, um, myself and my partner had a, a baby girl, um, Cora, who's five and a half months, um, and I also have a little boy, Sebastian, who is uh, who's who will be nine on the first of December, um, and and in fact. Sebastian has probably put more manners on me than, um, well, I wouldn't say than my mother because, you know, then she'd, she'd have issue with that. But um, definitely, you know, Seb's journey in life has, has, has shaped and curbed a lot of how I look at life. Um, yeah. Seb, Seb was born with uh, congenital heart disease, had two life-saving surgeries, uh, had a stent in a two and a half months, actually died on the on the table in front of us was brought back by the doctors and then at eight and a half months he had a, a full repair so it was like eight and a half hours open heart surgery um and he so he spent a lot of the first kind of year two years first two years in in hospital um and then 
fast forward till I think he was four and a half, five, we, we kind of saw some difficulties there and, and had a, an initial diagnosis and then um, a couple of years back then he was diagnosed autistic, um, but high, high functioning autistic. And, and if you mm. met him, I mean, you would not know he's autistic until probably 10, 15 minutes into chatting to him and then even still you wouldn't know, right? So in, in that way, um, you know, I, I, I feel lucky. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, you know, having lived through that, it, it puts everything into perspective. And, uh, you know, I've always said, you know, I try live my life being genuine, being honest, saying it as I see it, uh, without hurting people, because I just don't see the point in doing that. Um, and, and just trying to have, have a bit of, a bit of crack along the way, because let me tell you, life is short and it can be, uh, the carpet can be whipped out from underneath your feet pretty quickly. Um, mm. so, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at my yeah. happiest, you know? Yeah, it's a lovely name, by the way. My, it was my wife's favourite name, Sebastian. She wanted uh, any of our boys to be named Sebastian. Uh, it didn't work out with the name, the surname. <laughs> it just didn't work. But actually, in my book, I, I see it on the table over there, uh, I, may, I named the main character in it Sebastian. Right. Because of that, yeah. Um, and I want to ask you a question about it, if you don't mind, I'm as over. much as you're comfortable with Because I, I had... Different issue, but similar experience with my second child was born extremely prematurely at 24 weeks. Wow. And um, so I was in hospital for three months. And we had that. I remember getting that call once. I was in the IMI in a lecture. I get, I get called out of the class uh, to call the head consultant in the rotunda at the time. And when I heard that, because he was, he was not in great shape at the time. Yeah. Like, just just... You, you just the world stops turning for those moments. Yeah, and and, and Alex had to have a, a, a an operation on his bowel. It was eating itself, and he had to have it opened without any because he was too small to have an anaesthetic. Wow! And he has the scar tissue to, to this to this day, and and so the 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 pivotal moment in all of that for me was actually the moment he was born because we'd lost a, a child to premature birth prior to that, and. I remember getting the call from Sinead being rushed to uh, the, the theatre and she'd been in because she'd had some spotting and there was some clues of this, you know, and because mm. of her experience she was rushed in. So um, I remember going in and they wheeled Alex out in this incubator and the, the doctor stopped with this team of surgeons around just for a moment for me to look. And um, what was I going to say? The, it was... My mind's gone blank now for a second. You know, the, oh, I know what it was. So, your Sebastian has been operated on. You know what that's like when you're waiting. It's just like... Oh, it's horrific. Right. And you, try, and you try to distract yourself with things. And I remember I worked in Motorola at the time, and Motorola had this clean desk policy. And if anything was on your desk that didn't have a category sticker, so you had to categorize it as proprietary uh, under proprietary categories, right? And so if it was proprietary secret or confidential, it had to be locked in your drawer. Yeah. And there was nothing on your desk. 
and they would come around, security would come around at night. This was over in stores, and they'd be checking the drawer to see that it was open, and for whatever reason, there was a couple of boxes. There were empty boxes underneath my desk. And so I'm in the rotunda, and, and, and those first 24 hours are just absolutely critical. Yeah. And you're waiting, and there's nothing you can do. And I checked my voicemail. And it was this, the operations director in the factory where I had a desk. And he was going nuts. He's, you know, we've had an audit and they found these boxes under this. And it's not on. It's disgraceful. You're going to have to come up in front of the board and explain yourself. And you're listening to this and you're kind of... <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the thing is, if I got that call, like, prior to that, a month or two earlier, you'd be like, God, yeah, listen, I shouldn't have done that yet. Yeah. And then going... Perspective, man. Perspective. Yeah. And I'm sure you had the same experience, but and, and I just wondered, for me, it changed everything in terms of how I looked at the world, in terms of what's important yeah. and what isn't important. Similar? Ah, uh, listen, I mean, yeah, like, completely the same. I mean, you know, when when you go through that experience and you know your your child is basically <clears throat> teetering on the the edge of life or death mm. like everything else like pales in in, mm. in like literally pales and mm. you know like it, it i i always look back and you know i remember um the the surgeon um uh, an irish heart surgeon and the the cardiologist <coughs> dr mcmahon colin mcmahon in, in crumlin i was out in the corridor and um he 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 passed me and i was sitting down and sebastian was was um in icu and uh colin passed anyway and i spotted him and, and i said dr mcmahon how how are you getting on? And he, he just looked at me and he just went, Dad, bad heart, great surgery. And on he went. <laughs> um, but it was like literally those, you know, that line was like manna from heaven. Um, because, you know, I knew I was like, you know, S Sebastian was in the best place surrounded by the best doctors and nurses and, and mm. surgeons mm. and cardiologists mm. and, you know, fast forward nine years, thank God, you know, he, he, he hasn't had any issues. He will need more surgery. We'll deal with that when he's in his later teens. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, that, that never leaves you as it will never leave yeah. you. And, um, and it definitely, you know, you, 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 when you make, before I make a decision or a choice, I always ask myself, if it's a very big decision, I kind of ask myself a couple of times and I might write it down. And then I'll, I'll seek counsel from my partner, Rachel, or from, from my mom or my dad or, some or my sisters or somebody that's close to me um i'll ask the question you know because if there's a big decision to be made and you're potentially changing someone's life because that's you know that's the position that we're in um or their career i'll i'll i will always seek counsel and uh i think i probably that was something that came out of 
Sebastian was, uh, you know, uh, asking for asking for help. Um, I'm a, I'm very much the kind of person that yes, I can I can do a lot of stuff on my own, and and uh, you know, I'm very independent and driven. However. I'm not perfect, right? And nobody is. So yeah. I am always open um, and I will ask the question, here, listen, what do you think of this? And, I mean, this is, and I won't say what I, what my decision is or what I'm going to do and I'll get thoughts. And, and I think that because of Sebastian's situation, there was so many different minds giving us opinions um, that really stayed with me. Uh, and, yeah. and still does to this day. Yeah. You said earlier, Mark, that you never know what people are going through when you meet them. Mm. And I'm wondering, did that come from your experience with Sebastian, where you're probably walking around trying to keep it together and keep a, a brave face on for others? Yeah. And, and, and to the outside world, they don't know what you're going through. Yeah, uh, do you know what? I think that... That probably came from my mother more so. Um, yeah, in in that like you know, she, I remember uh, years ago, like she probably she would have said something to me. You know, ne you never. I was get. I think I might have been given out about somebody, and she's like, Mark, you never know what that person is going through. Um, so you know, give them a chance. If it's once, just kind of you know, leave it go. If it's more than once then you might want to ask the question. And I think that's a, a massive piece of advice, really, that, again, has has stuck with me. And, and I'll always, you know, I'll ask, I'll wait and give that person mm. a chance. And then I'll, I might reach out and send them a Slack or a WhatsApp and go, hey, everything okay? Mm. You know? Mm. So, uh, um, so definitely, that, that was definitely from, from Helen. Right, nice, nice one. Uh, tell me, in your in your life, what has given you the greatest sense of accomplishment? Um, there's there's a few, there's there's a, f a few, right? I mean, you know, my 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 children are are, <laughs> um, are, are definitely you know a, a, the biggest accomplishment of uh, of of my life, um, one hundred percent, personally. I always think when you when people say that it's like babies are not an accomplishment. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, children are an accomplishment because they're yeah. hard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think yeah, like um, and then like you know personally, um, I you know I I read. Sorry, Mark. I just want to. Sorry, it's got across you. No, no. As I said that. I had this little voice at the back of my head and hang on a second. That is purely a male perspective. I just want to emphasize that. <laughs> right? Sorry. Just for anybody right there listening to this is kind of going, typical bloody man. Sorry. I know, not <laughs> Clarification <enough>. issued, an <laughs> apology issued. Um, yeah, so I, I ran uh, at a pretty decent level um, for, for years, won many North Munster, Munster, All-Ireland titles. I was a, uh, a steeplechaser. Uh, I'm not a horse. So it's the one with the jumps and the water <laughs> jump on the track. Um, I, you know, represented my country, um, which was a, a huge wow. accomplishment for, for me a couple of times. And, and uh, you know, um, I probably should have represented more, but... You know that's that's a whole another story. That was that was me at at twenty two, kind of twenty one, twenty two. Really, 
like pissed off at the world at the time and uh and and gave up on on running because there just wasn't um there wasn't a support structure in the country i don't think there still is to be quite honest with you um but you know i mean 20 25 26 years ago there definitely wasn't you had to go to the us and then you came back from the us absolutely burned out um but that 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 would be a huge accomplishment for me um and then you know professionally like you know when i think of being down in limerick um you know and where i started like i worked in a company um called bhp laboratories i it basically a testing facility for a number of different products um then i but but always in the back of my head i was like this isn't the job for me then i moved I kind of moved around a couple of different jobs then i ended up going into a, a commission only based sales job in, in insurance um mm. which i kind of covered counties in in uh, limerick and cork and and mm. i mean let me tell you that put manners on me as well i would say it separates the wheat from the shaft that's for sure yeah a hundred percent um I, I, I didn't spend too long in that because you know it wasn't uh i, I did well but when you get chased out of a um, farmyard by a farmer with a shotgun, it's time to uh, it's time to maybe move on from that job. Um, what did you say? To him? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say the uh, yeah, well, I won't say too much actually. Um, then I, I ended up getting into another company, and um, that was when I moved up to Dublin actually in 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 May of '99, uh, the day after United came back and I think uh, 1-0 down and ended up winning 2-1. I'm a Liverpool fan, by the oh, way. A lot of people will remember where they were when that happened because yeah. it was so extraordinary. I remember being in Aylesbury in a hotel watching it on, standing in the lobby watching that because we were, we're heading out. The game is over. We're heading out. Yeah, I, I was actually, uh, I was with my dad um, down in um, uh, a hotel in in Raheen there, and um, we we had a few points, and then my my Ford Fiesta at the time was packed up, ready to go the next day. Um, but yeah, moved up to Dublin, and moved up with an insurance company again, uh, not the same one. Um, and then unfortunately, five or six months in, after doing really well, uh, was let go two weeks before Christmas. Um, yeah like very uh, last one in first one out was the uh yeah. was the mantra back then then but i've been playing football up here so i got i got an interview um in dell um went for a role sales role didn't get it but then they made a role for me so got that role um and then kind of three months into that role was moved into a sales role so i think when i when i look over the last 20 22 years in 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 tech like the biggest accomplishment for me honestly was 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 getting the opportunity to to get in to actually lead my own team um mm. and and it, it like i think I've, I've always seen myself as a leader um but not like with that strong hand that you have to force people to do stuff but that people will follow me if i if i'm if I, if if i'm doing the right thing that people will follow me um and yeah, i think you have to force it you're not really a leader no nah, no no you're not um and you know i think 
that's definitely my biggest accomplishment professionally um was 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 getting the opportunity to to move into the leadership role and yeah mm. i mean i've i've loved it since i've started it um is it tough <laughs> yes it is uh when you've got 10 personalities very different 10 people with different needs 10 people at different levels it's uh it's challenging but i love it and i love seeing people succeed and and be the best version of themselves um that they can be and and i'll you know i, I, I when i first meet people it's the the conversation i have is okay i want you to be successful in order for that to happen you know we you, we both have to be open on on what we want to achieve together um yeah. and you know and 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 building trust i think you know yeah. and you you mentioned that at the start trust is everything for me um it's it personally and professionally if you yeah. if if you don't have someone's trust it's very hard to to build a relationship you know yeah yeah, um, and you mentioned success there. What what does success mean to you? Success, it's it's a very broad word, right? Um, success for me is is basically seeing the people on my team being successful. That's that's what success is for me. Like because if if the people on my team are successful, I'm I'm successful by proxy. That's that. That's how I look at it, right? Um, from and, and I, I genuinely mean that because, you know, if 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 my team aren't successful, then then I'm I'm not doing, I'm not doing my job. I'm and 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 you know, they're feeling that pressure, not necessarily from me, but within themselves, um, and and a little bit from me, uh, but you know, that's what success looks like for me. Yeah. That's, that's always interesting because it's almost like that success is other other people's success is a proxy for your own in that the fact that you've had some act part in their success in their journey makes your contribution that much bigger there's that ripple effect you're no longer this individual now you're yeah. an individual and you have these parts that grow and expand and have impact on other people as well yeah like it's interesting the the what what your mother helen i think you said was her name yeah yeah um said to you about you never know what other people are going through well that influenced how you and many other things that your parents would have you know taught you but that would have influenced how you approach people, which impacts how they think and approach the world. Yeah. And it's like this, this wonderful ripple effect. That's it. And uh, I think we sometimes underestimate the impact we can have on the world through the impacts we can have on just a small number of people around us. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, you know, that's why I think, you know, we all need to be more thoughtful on, like, how people are actually feeling because it, it, it does have a ripple effect. Um, and, and I think, you know, if you're, if you're genuinely thoughtful and you genuinely care that person or people, they, they feel that and, and they want to actually, then they want to do more for you. 
they want to do more for the company they want to do more for themselves it's like it's that whole pay it forward without actually mm -hmm. thinking you're paying it forward yeah uh, two questions in one almost which is when you think about the last 18 months what what good do you think for you specifically I don't know, for, for broader sense, in, uh, people around you as well, what good has come out of the pandemic and what would you like to keep about it? Um, uh, so, I mean, look, unfortunately, they're, they're like, they're, I'm going to answer the question twofold. So uh, I, I, I did lose my, my godmother, my aunt, um, to COVID um, uh, back at Geraldine, back in... May of of last year, mm. which was horribly tough, um, very tough. And um, my mom's sister. That again, you know, puts puts a lot again perspective. It's always about perspective. Mm. But yeah, to, to answer your question, I think it 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 it's made. Me anyway, it's. It, I think it's made people really reevaluate what they're doing. Like, what are we doing? What What am I doing here? Like, why am I staying in a shitty job, or why am I staying in this country? I want to have that conversation with your boss, by the way, not with me. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Yeah. I know you weren't talking personally. <laughs> but it's. I think it's. Yeah. Like, look, it's definitely made everybody reevaluate what's important. Um, mm. And like, number one, you got to look inward, right? Like, what's important inside to me? What's going to make me happy? Um, and then you look outward because, you know, there's a lot of um, like it, it, people which we don't see and, and we do see. Like people have been stuck in one bed apartments, not able to move out of their apartments with nobody to speak to, maybe in a Zoom or on a phone call. Um, whereas I look at me, I've got my family. Um, you know, you've got your family. Um, I think the word family in itself, I think, has, has definitely come come into being a lot more focused um, mm. in 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 actually your family and and what's you know what again what goes back to what's important um, mm. and and again look for me uh, I lost my job actually in in the pandemic um, I was made redundant. And then I had to go out and find a job, um, which which I, I did. And, and I, I feel, you know, very lucky um, to, to be where I am right now in DocuSign. Um, but again, it makes you kind of realise what what's important. And I think when you take a second or a minute or a day to kind of, you, you need to really think about it. Mm. And of all the things that have changed, some term, or some are temporary, some maybe longer term. What one thing would you like to keep? Um, I, I think, I think keeping. From, do you mean from a work perspective, or? Well, not necessarily from a work perspective. You can kind of you can do a part A and part B. Like it can be work too, because uh, that's a big part of your day. Yeah, I, I think the like you know the flexibility 
side of um, of what's happened over the last 18, nearly two years, uh, has made a huge impact to everybody. Um, you know, so I think for me, and, and again, luckily for me, working in, in DocuSign, that, that, that is available to me and, and to my team and, and to, to my, my peers, is that we do have a flexible workforce. And, you know, people people work hard so it's it's being able to 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 not be stuck in a car for two and a half three hours a day um every day but then still be able to come into the office for a couple of days and and be able to meet your colleagues and you know your 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 peers and and your friends let's let's kind of look at it that way i mean we spend so much time or we did spend so much time in in the office previously that like the people in the office, you saw them more than your family sometimes and your friends. So they became your, 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 your family and friends, you know? So yeah, I think the flexibility for me is, um, is definitely hugely important and, and I don't see it going. No, I think that duck is, is finally broken. Um, I think there was a huge resistance to it because I think people felt they would lose control, yeah. and, and 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 losing the, the. I think the feeling of I'm going to lose control is a lot worse than having lost control. Yeah, and it's that's where the resistance came. I had the same in my businesses, and then once people get used to, it, they go, "Don't know what I worried about in the first place. This is just fine." Um, it's change, right? It's uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's and it's the unfamiliar people, you know, where they want anyway. It's, uh, I, I'd agree. I think that idea of workplace flexibility will do enormous good. Um, and I can see it already in people when they talk about buying houses or mm. apartments that, where's the study? Where's my office going to yeah. be? That's yeah. one of the first questions. <laughs> um, and so just to wrap up, Mark, because we're, we're up against the time on this one, a um, couple of quick questions. When your time on this planet is done and they erect a statue in your honour, what would you like to say at the base plate on the plaque? Oh, God, that's a, that's a good one. Um, that was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. Uh, I, I, I think, you know what? Uh, um, basically, that he gave a shit. Right? That I cared mm. and... Uh, mm. You know that that you know I made I made a difference for yeah. for for people close to me. That's that's Lovely. a few different things, Lovely. but yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's all it's the same. I like it. Yeah, you cared. Um, and if your house were burning down right now, and was your family are safe, and you any animals, dogs, cats, whatever, they're safe. They're fine. You've got your phone, your computer. It's all <laughs> fine. If you have time to run back in and grab one item, what would it be and why? Um, probably my guitar. Okay. Yeah. That one in the corner. Uh, I've I've got a few. I've got like oh, okay. that, that's a that's a that's a that's an aficionado. Then that's not somebody who's an amateur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, pro probably my guitar. I mean, like you know, everything else can be replaced, right? Um, which one though? Would you be able to pick which one? Um. The, I mean, either the one behind me or um, or the one downstairs, because both were bought by by my parents for me. Right. I won't ask you to play us out. <laughs> yeah, good, because <laughs> this one's out of tune. 
Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been an honor and absolute My pleasure. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you.